Welcome to the Moms of Triathlon podcast. I'm Allie Wilson, former college swimmer turned triathlete and full-time stay-at-home mom to my 23-month-old daughter, Beth, and currently 28 weeks pregnant with baby number two. And I'm Amy Henderson, pro triathlete and competitive cyclist and mother of two to Oliver, who is three and a half, and Margaret, who is 19 months old. This week, we'll be talking about running during pregnancy. But first, what's been going on with us this week? Allie, hello. What's been going on with you this week? Uh, well, things are going a little bit better for us this week than last week. Oh, phew. <laughs> I know. Um, getting back into more activity, basically ended up missing two weeks of swimming, which was pretty tough. Um, basically got back in, did a float one day, did, I think I actually skipped another day because we had a little re-up on sickness and then, you know, got back to practice um, earlier this week, like with the team, but definitely feeling that, that I missed, you know, two weeks of swimming and just, I'm really, really hoping I'm going to be able to get that kind of oomph back of like the, yeah, like be able to like put out the effort because we're also hitting that point now where it just gets harder to do that output. Yeah. Like the (laughs) higher effort and stuff. So, but I like really want to. Yeah. (laughs) So... So that's been kind of tough, but I've really been trying to like focus on reframing my mindset and like focus on the positive, you know, we've got Beth's second birthday coming up, getting ready for a baby and just, you know, taking things one day at a time and, and just really trying to focus on the things I can control. Yeah, I think that's good, you know, (laughs) and there is a lot of, a lot of good, fun things. And I mean, honestly, Every time I, like, we get sick, <laughs> I often think, like, oh, well, at least now we had that sickness and, like, I don't know, hopefully we're not sick for a while. So maybe this <laughs> is, maybe this is, like, a good thing that you needed, like, before, know. you know, I mean, Beth's birthday and other events and then obviously baby coming. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we just won't leave the house again for <laughs> six right. more months. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so... But, like, definitely getting ready for baby coming. Um, the nesting, I feel like, is fully kicking in. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which is fun. Um, but also, like, I didn't really experience this with my pregnancy with Beth because we were moving. Right. And so all of that, like, energy that I had was going into packing. Like, we yeah. didn't, you know, and then we moved it. I mean, we'd done some stuff, but then we moved and it was, like, urgently throwing the nursery together <laughs> because they know we got like four or five weeks until baby's coming. So, so yeah. And I think like it's hitting really hard um, now and in the house we're in because we do have an extra room. And initially I was like, ah, you know, I'll use that as like my kind of extra craft room. Like Nick has the office downstairs. The space is going to be the nursery is kind of my room And at first I was like, you know, baby's just going to sleep in there. Eventually we'll put him in the same room and realizing baby's going to be in here for like two years. Like we're not going to put him in the same room for a long time. Avoid it at all costs. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got a while. So kind of the realization that like we need to like really start moving stuff around like furniture and stuff to to do that. So are you planning on designing the room that you're recording in right now? as a full nursery and like painting and stuff like that? Or what level of design are you doing? I want to do painting. Um, but like, 
it's it's a decent sized room. And so we've kind of been toying with the idea of like, do we just have somebody come and paint? Yeah. Because the other thing is, the last time we painted in this house, it was like the playroom downstairs. And we did that after Beth would go to bed, right? And it took us like right. a couple of days. And since this room is right next to Beth's room, and I'm like still kind of struggling with sleep issues, the idea of staying up late and like <laughs> yeah. painting multiple days in a row sounds <laughs> terrible. Yeah. So there's some things we're going to leave in here just because we have this space. Like, there's a huge desk in here. Right. We're going to leave it. Yeah. Um, the closet in here is probably going to be used more for storage than anything else. Right. Um, one of the things that I recently did, though, with everything moving around was, um, and actually once we switched Beth out of her crib, is we put the extra dresser that we have into our room and so now my dresser and the bigger dresser that is going to have both girls stuff in it are in our bedroom. And the yeah. reason we did that is because mm-hmm. every time I do laundry, it's when Beth is usually in her room. Right. And so now I can just sit and do all the laundry in one spot because I had <laughs> her piles of clothes like stacked on a bookshelf because it was like... This is I know. my high traffic area. <laughs> I know. It's so true. We always have that issue. <laughs> yeah. Nick yeah. was like, why are we putting, why do we have so many dressers in our room? Like, because I'm the one that does laundry and this is, this is what makes the most sense. I know. It's so hard to put kids clothes away. The other day, the kids uh, closet in their room at our house is also the closet that used to have a lot of, it has like our envelopes and cards and like random oh, stuff yeah. like that, right? <laughs> the other day, I thought that Margot was awake from her nap. I thought she was like downstairs with Cass and I waltz right in there oh, no. and go and get something. And Nick was like trying to warn me and I didn't see. And she woke up and she was so upset and I just felt so oh, guilty. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is helpful to not have stuff in their closet. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one that's in the, the room in right now, like, that's going to just be kind of used more of is storage space and, like, we have right. clothes and stuff hanging in Beth. Like, we're just going to use, like, we'll just, we'll make it work. But yeah, totally. we don't need to have full <laughs> closets at this point. So. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, it's kind of been fun to, like, actually do this stuff i told nick the other day i'm like i feel like we're finally moved in or like we're Aww. moving in because we moved you know a month before beth was born and i felt like we never truly like yeah unpacked and <laughs> moved in because you had this extra room that you were putting stuff in is that why um sort of this extra room's been used for a multitude of things and <laughs> i've sent you pictures of like yeah it sometimes is the room that stuff gets thrown into and forgotten about <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's the room of requirements in harry yes, potter exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it like piles almost as high <laughs> so and how has beth's two-year sleep regression been um it seems like it's going a little bit better like we're kind of into a little bit more of a routine She's started sleeping a little bit later. So, like, this morning, she woke up at 6.30. Okay. <laughs> but she stayed in bed for almost an hour. Oh, nice, nice. So, one of the things I read with the sleep regression is <laughs> the mistake we made the first two days. They specifically say, don't pull them into your bed. 
Ooh. Don't go climb into their bed. Oh. First two days of 6 a.m. wake-ups, guess what we did? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Both of those things. Yeah. So they were like, don't start their day. Let them be bored. Yeah. And so, okay. yeah, Beth would wake up and she'd kind of do the leaning against her door thing. And I'm like, you're going to hang out. Yeah. You are going to be bored in your room. <laughs> so I don't know if that helped or not, but... um it's seeming a little bit more manageable. Um, and then my sleep has kind of been, that's been hit and miss a little bit. Like last night I still woke up really early and then, uh, you know, I was exhausted yeah. today and skipped a workout. Like that's just how, you know, where I'm at. That's kind of where things have to be. Yeah. Has she and been so, napping or like staying in her room for quiet time more? She's been getting better at that. And she's very like receptive to, we take her upstairs read her a couple books, give her something to play with. She's got like a couple toys she's really loving right now. And I say, okay, I'm going to go have a good quiet time. I'll be back in 30 to 45 minutes unless you want longer. And then I will leave and there's no issue. And so she'll stay up there for sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes an hour. Um, I don't think she'd nap for three days. But then today she slept for two hours in the middle oh my of the gosh. floor. So, so crazy. Yeah, like nothing consistent, which I struggle with, but I'm learning to adapt to the inconsistency being <laughs> what I can expect. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. So, my normal is not normal. So when it's like 30 to 45 minutes, how do you know when it should be done? Because one of the things that's hard is if, if like one thing that I always struggled with, for example, one time when Ollie had his quiet time in his room he started (laughs) he was like jumping from the bed to the rocking chair and then what got me in there immediately was when he started messing with the blinds which we had like bought special blackout blinds right and i like run in there like don't break the blinds (laughs) and then it's (laughs) like shoot is he learning that if you touch those exactly which actually he didn't so you know it it's a fear but it, it wasn't it didn't play out that way for us but what has that been like for you So we try to verbalize that it's going to be 30 minutes. And I know she doesn't really understand that. And I've had a couple friends suggest like a visual timer. But I feel like if we had one, if it was low enough, she'd just mess with it. Um, And she messes with everything. This morning I got her out of bed and she had like taken an outlet cover out of the outlet and stuffed it up her nose. So we can't like... She just messes with stuff. So... (laughs) So um, the banging on the door thing that she does, we're trying to teach her that like sort of that's a way to get her attention, but also we, that's not how, that's not what's going to get you out of your room. Yeah. But we don't want her to feel trapped. Right. Because I've read a lot about, can you lock your toddler into their bedroom? (laughs) And everything is like. No, <laughs> you will mentally <laughs> scar them for life. But if she doesn't know that she's trapped in her bedroom, is it like the same thing? <laughs> like, so um, so she'll kind of go up and lean on the door here and there and then go back to playing. And like the first few times she definitely like hovered towards the door more. But then she started to realize like we weren't going to come get her. And so that's kind of why we we give it 30 minutes. And even if she's at 20 minutes and if she's on the door, so long as she's not completely freaking out, we we let it go. Yeah. And there's been a couple of times she hits 30 minutes and she goes back to the door and I'm almost on my way up there. And then five Whoa. minutes later, she lays down and goes to sleep. 
Oh my gosh. So yeah. it's like, it's, it's like day to day. Yeah. But the big thing for me is not letting her get overly upset. Yeah. So that's kind of been the thing. She plays with everything in there though. So there's yeah. been a few things where like, oh, didn't think you'd get into that. <laughs> like yeah. the outlet covers. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. So what do you guys do with Ollie for quiet time now since he's, because he's not really napping anymore, is he? Yeah, he's not napping in uh, his quiet time. Basically, how it's worked for us is Marina, our previous nanny before Cass came, could get him to nap. Um, So he was napping, you know, Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, we couldn't really get him to nap, but maybe we'd like drive him around in the car and then he'd nap mm. <laughs> we're so mm-hmm. we're like the worst and oh, then I've heard that's, i i used to go with her all the time but now i'm just like whatever i know who does that with a three-year-old though but whatever yeah. we do <laughs> um but then with Cass, like she honestly just you know i guess she was she she didn't really consistently stick with the routine like she wasn't able to implement it in the same way that marina had i think it's really hard when you're coming in you're setting a new routine you have a kiddo who is pushing back it is hard to know when you're a new person in the situation like how much can you like force it or feel comfortable with and marina like knew how to do it really well and Cass wasn't able to sort of pick up on that in their like you know one or two days of like watching him together so, you know, totally understandable, but basically that was the end of Ollie's nap and quiet time. Like, uh, I still okay. encouraged her to do the quiet time, but as, you know, if she's okay with him not having that, then that's fine. You know, I mean, she's the one who has to watch him and, like, as long as he's not totally... I think in the beginning, when he was three, because she got here when he was three, I think he was pretty tired, and so it was a little tricky, Um and like he would be crankier at night, but now it's been fine. Now he's three and a half, and you know for a few months it's been totally fine. If he is really tired one day, sometimes we will take him for a walk and he'll nap, or will I'll take him for a run and he'll nap, or even just getting outside and having that as like a quiet time is good. And then the the new thing that he's been doing now is he gets the iPad <laughs> when Margot mm. has her nap time. That's what I was wondering is how you like balance the two mainly, yeah. Yeah, so now he has iPad time and caskets some downtime to like, you know, read and he's on the iPad. And that's for maybe, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour, um, like one or two shows, I guess. And yeah, but for us, that was the big issue was that Margot would nap and they share a bedroom. So I mm-hmm. think we were having her nap in our our bedroom and then i would have to leave because i was working in the bedroom so it was a whole big like shuffle and a little crazy yeah and if i had a meeting where was i gonna go and talk at 1 p.m you know so the uh, downstairs closet exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's kind of been like the the transition of you know where we're at with beth now you know her pullback from napping definitely seemed to happen a lot more with getting her out of the crib and so we've had a few moments of like did we make a huge mistake but then we're realizing like no she was climbing out of the crib like yeah we have a new baby coming like we had to do these things and so once i kind of i I know i talked about last week looked into like 
the specific sleep regression things like, okay, this was probably going to happen no matter what. Yeah. But realizing that we're going to have to have that space set up for a second kiddo. That's why we're like, we're just going to go all in on making the other room, like the room that I'm in now, like the second bedroom. I mean, that's why we have, you know, we were fortunate enough to have a house with three bedrooms in it. That was the the goal. <laughs> yeah. So eventually we'll put them in the same room. And then because the rooms are significantly different in size too. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, once they're older, my hope is that this room will become a playroom and the smaller bedroom will be where they sleep. So nice. Nice. we'll see. That's down the road. <laughs> so anyways, Amy, you've had a big week. Yes. We had a vacation in Hawaii. We went to Maui with... Nick's Nick's mom and stepdad, my mom and stepdad, and also Nick's brother and his wife and their two kids. So we had cousins, we had two sets of grandparents, and Cass came along too, so we had our au pair. <laughs> um, she was mostly on vacation though, so she would go spend the days like, I don't know, exploring the, the little towns or chilling at the beach or whatever she wanted um, and helped out here and there. Um, of course, just having her around like being on the flight with an extra pair of hands yeah. is incredibly helpful. And then there was a time when she watched the kids and Nick and I got to go and do an ocean swim, Ooh. which is really fun. Uh, yeah. And it was really cool because it is actually peak whale season right now. And oh. so we're out swimming and at different times we could see the whales. We could see them like breaching and tails and they're like water spraying and stuff. But when we went for the swim, you know, we're out in the ocean and I dived under to just be underwater and, and enjoy. And of course, we're swimming, can see all the coral and the, the fish and everything. And I dive underwater and I hear this noise and I'm like, that must be my ears, like the pressure. And so I come back up. I do it again. I'm like. Huh. So I say to Nick, I don't know if it's just the pressure in my ears when I dive under, but I feel like I can hear the whales and we dive under at the same time. And it's like, yes, 100 oh percent. Yeah, it was like all different whale voices. It felt like they're right there. Like you could hear just different sound. It was like watching National Geographic, like. Oh, it was so cool. <laughs> cool experience. Well, sound carries underwater. Exactly. So well. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. So cool. And like, even if you were closer to the beach, you could dive under and maybe hear it, but it was fainter because then you have the waves hitting the beach and other sound getting in the way. But yeah, when we were out, too. like where you would swim, you know, a little not that far, but a little ways out, like it was so clear. That's yeah. <laughs> so neat. Did you see him? Like, could you see how far out they were? You just could hear No. Him? In that moment, thank goodness. Like, if I could have, <laughs> yeah, seen a whale. Yeah. That's but they were point. really far out. They were really very, sig- like, I don't know, a mile away, maybe. Maybe that doesn't okay. sound that far. It's really hard when you think about, like, how far is the horizon yeah. when you're looking away? I don't know. <laughs> Halfway to the horizon. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and if, uh, during that swim, we also saw a sea turtle, and he was, like, eating some food. That was fun. Um, so, yeah. So that was, you know, nice to be able to have some, like, couple-specific time. Um, but <laughs> some other fun things from the trip. Well, for one... We got there the first day, so we're in the hotel, we're in the lobby, and, you know, we we got in around, like, 
11 a.m. So we get to the hotel around noon and have to wait for our room for like four hours. So, you know, we're walking around, we're doing stuff. I don't even remember what we did. But then we are back in the lobby waiting and it's like me, Cass, my parents, Margo, Nick. Nick goes away to check on the room and talk to the people at the front desk. And my stepdad sort of wanders away because he's checking out the parking lot, like where he's going to park. And I'm watching Margo and I'm talking with my mom, talking with Cass. Nick comes back to the group and he says, where's Ollie? And we all, me, my mom and Kat, we're just like, oh, oh, shit. (laughs) And it was a panic. Like, oh, my God. I just, oh, it was such, it was like the first real instance of like losing our kid. And we, we run down the hallway and I'm like, where is Dave? Because I was like. You know, you sort of assume there's so many adults, like, you just think he's with someone. So I was like... Everybody else thinks everybody else. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so I'm like, oh, he must be with Dave, but we didn't see Dave. And we're, like, running down the hall, and a woman says, are you looking for a little boy? And I'm just like, oh, my God. And 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 she's like, I saw him going that way. Like, I think she points, like, towards the parking lot. I ran outside, and she's like, what's his name? I'm like, oh, my God, I should be yelling his name. So I'm running around this parking lot, like, (laughs) yelling Oliver, like really scared you know and i run back and and i also said to nick i was like call dave you know i don't think i had my phone in the moment because i don't have pockets right but like guys do. <laughs> and and my mom at this point is holding margo Cass ran downstairs but we're like in the lot there's so many directions you can go and it's just like so scary i see nick though and he he called dave and he was like he's with dave like dave has him oh, okay. basically he was wandering down the hall and dave like was coming, my stepdad, he's coming in from the parking lot and he sees Ollie getting into an elevator. He like pushed the button or something and he gets in. Dave ran in after him and they were up one floor. So they were like on the third floor and he couldn't convince Ollie to come back down. Like, you know, because that's how kids are. And yeah, so just imagining like how far away he could have gotten or like how much he could have been lost. Like, yeah, pretty terrifying. Yeah, you had mentioned that he, like, <laughs> snuck off, but I didn't realize it was, like, full-on. Yeah, like, like in in reality, missing. in the end, like, technically, you know, was with an adult that we knew. But if you don't know that, like, Exactly. But the no panic, yeah. The <laughs> no, it's no different. And then just feeling like, I mean, I felt terrible, right? Like, yeah. I felt so bad, like... Oh, yeah. And I just, I had a lot of <laughs> emotions. Not a um, great way to start the trip. <laughs> no. And oh I don't know if it was because of any reaction from that instance or what happened, but there were definitely other instances of Ollie running away. So at one point we were like at dinner or we were like at lunch at, you know, the restaurant that's sort of outside by one of the lobbies of the hotel. And he... And this is like a a timeshare, right? So they have all those offices for trying to sell timeshares to people. And he runs inside. That kid is fast. (laughs) He runs inside. And so I'm sort of watching like, oh, I'm going to like stand a little bit behind this big plant and see what he does. Because, you know, I'm like, oh, will he look back and and not see me and be worried? And I'm just like, what's he going to do? How is he going to react? I'm I'm close enough. It's fine. But then he darts into this office room and oh I have to gosh. sprint after him, like grab him, pick him up. Like and he then he did it with Nick. And so it's like once he knew that he could run. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we might have a runner. We'll see. I oh, am trying to no. tell myself that this was like 
only in this really safe space where he felt like <laughs> it was not, you know, I mean, the parking lot, the elevator. Yeah, those were a little, those were not great. But like, you know, in that lobby, I feel like it felt confined and safe. And I'm like, oh, hopefully he wouldn't <laughs> do it like oh in the street. But we definitely like, yeah, we need to be careful now. <laughs> That's super scary. Well, I'm glad you glad you got found multiple times. All <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, it was a great trip. It was really fun. And I just, you know, again, I know this is like the same thing I said after coming back from Italy. But I think with these trips, it's so hard to feel like you're really on vacation when you are a parent with young kids on a trip. like. You're not in your normal element. It's tiring. There's a lot going on. And it's sometimes easy to, like, I don't know, think about those aspects. And for me, I try to think back on, like, you know, and thinking about what would I want to share in my update and what are some of the the big takeaways. And it's like, you know how there are just those little micro moments where maybe it's only a few minutes, but... There's just that like full sense of calm and like, wow, this is a wonderful moment with my kid, you know, and it's thinking back on like, oh, when did I have those on this trip? What are the moments where it's just like totally at peace? Like at one of them was like being in the pool with Margot and we're making our lips go like, you know, motorboat like Uh (laughs) Margot loves doing that. And it's just both of us like riding around, you know, I'm pulling her around and like just, you know, did that for like so long. It was so fun. And then there was the last night of the trip when we went, you know, and saw the sunset on the beach. And I just let Margo like sit on the beach where the waves were coming and like washing up on her. Of course, sometimes, you know, waves really vary in size. So you have to be right there to like pick them up (laughs) immediately. But it's just like she's sitting there like letting the waves splash over so happy. And then we did a night swim, which like I always loved night swims as a kid in a hotel. You know, it's just like fun. I mean, you know, it's like 6.30 p.m. In the pool, yeah. (laughs) 6.30 p.m. in the pool. (laughs) Very safe. Very controlled. No. (laughs) But, yeah, we've already talked about your fear of, like, open water swimming in the dark. (laughs) In the dark. (laughs) No, no. Just that little bit of, like, oh, we're up late and, like, in the pool. Yeah, with the pool lights and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so special. Yeah. it's, It's a thing. So... That was really nice. And in terms of training, I, you know, my coach asked at the start of the trip, like, do you want me to put anything on the schedule or do you just want to sort of do what you want? And I was like, you know, yeah, let's skip it. I'll just do whatever. And <laughs> I did a couple runs. I did that swim. I did like a 30 minute like Peloton workout at the hotel gym. I did some strength. But overall, you know, I took rest days. I did very minimal stuff. And, you know, my first workout back was not that bad. So I'm calling it a taper week. (laughs) Well, there's something to be said for like, for taking a week like that. And I think that, I mean, we did a whole episode on this forever ago about like training on vacation with kids. And I feel like if you just decide to go into it and be like, I'm going to do what I can when I can, but not have the pressure of scheduling your day around it or anything like that, you're probably going to enjoy the trip a lot more. Like your stress level was probably so much lower 
at least in that one piece of it, obviously <laughs> traveling to Hawaii with two kids sounds stressful. Um, <laughs> but at least in like that one piece of it, you were probably at least able to remove a little bit of like anxiety of feeling like you had to accomplish something while you were there. Yeah, totally. And I think like, I do feel like if I would have had stuff in Training Peaks from my coach, like I probably would have done a little bit more. I would have been like the rest day that I took. Honestly, I literally slept during Margo's nap that day. So, you know, I needed a rest day. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was what it was. And it's only March. Sure. If it would have been like November or December, like would have felt even better about it. But overall, you know, you got to take the vacations when they come. So, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and now, unfortunately, we are dealing with the post-vacation cold well, that we yeah. somehow picked up along the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, we'll see if, uh, I was supposed to have a race this weekend. It was supposed to be the season opener and we were supposed to go and stay with Nick's other parents, other oh. set of parents in near Seattle. And at this point, like, there's no way the family is going to go because there's no way all yeah, four of us are going to be better by then. For sure. But if I'm up to it, I will just drive solo there and back. <laughs> so, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. To coincide with Allie's pregnancy, we wanted to do specific episodes on running, biking, and swimming during pregnancy. We've already covered biking, so if you missed that, you can go back and listen to episode 42. And this week, we'll be talking about our experience running, or not, <laughs> during pregnancy. So, Allie, we know that this pregnancy, you haven't really been running at all. What did running look like for you in your first pregnancy? Um, definitely didn't go as I expected. Um, I've talked about it before, but we had some complications pretty early. Um, so I was running and I was actually in really good running shape, like the best I'd ever been at the time. Um, and I remember doing actually like going and doing a track workout with you when I was like six weeks pregnant and I was like slowing down, but I was still feeling pretty good. And, uh, I was told at seven weeks I had to stop running, um, cause I had a subcarinic hemorrhage. They basically just said no impact, um, no, you know, abdominal trauma, if you will, but mainly they just didn't want like the jostling or anything like that. Yeah. So that cleared up by like week 13 and I tried to do a traditional return to run, but if you have been through first trimester missing that such a large chunk at that point, when you're going through so many changes, even if you're not really getting bigger, but like your just joints are already getting looser. Your everything's just is just off. Yeah, and you are gaining some weight, but yeah, I guess yeah, you're gaining a little bit of weight, but like it's also you've gained. Yeah, your hips I don't know. are probably starting to shift a bit. And... Yeah, and just like even going on those first few runs, everything just felt terrible, and I'd really oh. hope that like I could build back into it. And so trying to follow the traditional return to run, I was still working with a coach at the time, which was helpful and almost not because I was doing okay and I had this plan to follow, but it just got to the point where I didn't want to be doing it anymore. And I was getting so frustrated and I kept seeing runs on my training peaks. <laughs> I just, I started dreading every single one of them. I don't even think I ever got back to doing even like a 30 minute straight run. They were all run walks. Yeah. It might be like six times through, 
five minutes run, one minute walk or something. And I'd get through four of them and I would just be so unhappy. Yeah. And I would just walk the rest of the way home. And so I really just decided that, and I think I made it to around 20 weeks. I just decided I needed to be done. Yeah, so. totally. So that was a bummer. Um, I subbed in a ton of long walks, which was made me very happy. It was great, but no more running after that. So Amy, what did running look like um, with both of your pregnancies? So yeah, I definitely went into my first pregnancy hoping that I would be one of those one of those women who's like running all the way up to the end. I feel like I don't know, I just heard a lot about that and I just like wanted that to be me, right? And coming into my first pregnancy, I was coming off of Kona, so I was like coming off of, you know, big fitness. So I kept going for long runs and I think that is the thing that really did me in. So when I got towards the middle of my pregnancy, like Basically, I have a hip labral tear, which I think a lot of runners do, whether it's diagnosed or not, but they all appear very differently. So at one point um, after my first marathon, like I started, you know, feeling this pain in my groin and knowing that something was off and it was never that bad that I couldn't run. It was never that big of a deal. But like, you know, going and getting the imaging done and seeing like, okay, it's a labral tear. And so I started really working on PT and all the stuff strengthening around it. And basically in pregnancy, that pain came back and that was a big surprise to me. But then it did sort of make sense like, oh, if your hips are shifting, they could shift in a way that's putting pressure on that labrum that will irritate it and like cause the pain again. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, so that pain came up and I think it came up because I was running too long. (laughs) Like I should have just really cut back and I didn't and I didn't realize. And so, you know, after about 20 weeks, um, that was when I stopped. And the scary thing there was like, because it was this hip pain, I was honestly like really scared that when I started doing my return to run post-pregnancy, that I would still have that pain and that I might like need the surgery for that injury because I didn't know, do your hips, like, did my hips move in a way that they're not going to go back and now they're like forever changed and now it's going to be really irritating and I won't be able to address it with PT. But the good news is my return to run went very well and I didn't have that as an issue and I still haven't had to have the surgery. So, but yeah, then in my second pregnancy, I went into it at a much lower like volume of running. And so, you know, pretty early on in my pregnancy, the most I was doing, maybe I was going up to 60 minutes. I feel like the longest run I was doing was about five miles and most of them were less than that. And then by the middle, I was probably just doing like three mile runs. And I ended up making it, I think until like 36 weeks, which I was very excited about. And I think by then, you know, I was probably running very slowly and I was running um, you know, less distance. And so that might've even been like, I don't know, a 10 minute run or a 12 minute run, but I was sort of doing it just to say I was doing it (laughs) at that point. Um, and then I was like, okay, this is uncomfortable enough. Like it's time to to hang up the shoes for, for a few months. (laughs) One thing that I think, you know, we could both say is that you, you kind of know, like, you know, when the time to stop is 
And sometimes it, it can be easy to go over. I know when we did our interview with Stephanie a couple weeks ago, she talked about in her first pregnancy, she was like pushed through all the discomfort. And she didn't stop even when she probably knew she should have, but she was so determined to go like all the way running through her pregnancy. And then her second pregnancy, she was like, this is uncomfortable. I'm done. (laughs) So it it can be tough if you're so mentally locked into feeling like you should be doing a certain thing or you've told yourself you're going to, but really, really listening to yourself and your body and and knowing is. Yeah, totally. And I've heard of a friend I had told me about one of our shared friends who apparently had been, you know, running and sort of pushing herself to keep going longer in pregnancy, even though she was like, you know, bleeding when she would run. And yeah, and just still like wanting to keep doing it. And, you know, I, everything was fine. And, you know, I don't know all the details at all, but it's one of those things where I really understand that because again, for me, like, I think it's, well, it's different with running than swimming and biking because running is the impact sport Mm -hmm. it's the one where your belt like your your the way that your body has changed you're really like i don't know putting so much more strain on your your whole structure honestly exactly with running we already know that weight can really impact things and so when you're adding this specific weight like very quickly over time it makes it and in like an awkward location like it's gonna right. throw off your everything it's not just like gaining 20 pounds evenly it's gaining 20 pounds in the front <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah i totally agree that one of the key things with running during pregnancy is just to listen to your body and set aside again all of pregnancy set aside the expectations that you had the things that you hoped and just like really be true to how you feel and and what you know is right for your body. And I love that you bring up that you filled in with so many long walks because I think as runners, we just like under appreciate a good walk. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's getting older or if it's like having kids and having periods where it I was doing walks instead of running, but like, or or if it's even being friends with you because you love walking so much. <laughs> but like, I really, yeah, walks are great. Yeah, I I wish I'd been able to do more walking this time around, but you know, it's Beth isn't really tolerating them, and yeah. that's you know, we've been trying to do like short little walks here and there, but I definitely miss all the walking I was doing with my first pregnancy. Yeah, totally. Did you ever try using a belly band for? either of your pregnancies at all do you mean like a valkyrie one or more just kind of like a support type yeah i'm thinking one of the like valkyrie ones that they sort of sell specifically for running or that type of thing and yeah like sort of tightens and like adds a little i don't know like pulls hold your belly in yeah a little lift i think i didn't (laughs) wear like an actual band i don't think i meant if i did it was just like one of the stretchy ones okay like supports you in a little bit but not like a formal, you know, belly band or anything. Okay, yeah. For me, like my first pregnancy, I didn't use any of that and, you know, I was fine. Uh, but my second pregnancy, I did order a belly band. I think it was specifically from Recore Fitness. And Recore Fitness has a lot of resources online for the like pelvic floor strengthening and different like strength during pregnancy and postpartum. And so I ordered one of their belly bands because... As we've talked about with a second pregnancy, your belly grows faster. 
your core is already like weakened and stretched out. And so I really felt that need of like, I need this support. I need this to like hold my belly in a little tighter, help help those core muscles that have already been stretched. And I, I liked that, you know, it's, I don't, I think, I don't know if I used it for all my runs, um, but it was definitely a good option to have. I think, Actually, I really think I used it like the whole last part of my pregnancy. And the issue with it was that it was summer and it gets sort of hot and warm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but overall, like, I liked having that extra support. And I think another thing is that sometimes when I run, like, you know, yeah, I mean, we've talked about different cramping. And I think that sometimes those, like, my ab muscles, my core would maybe cramp or be irritated or in some type of pain because they're like, working extra to hold Mm -hmm. your belly in when you're running and jogging and like putting all that strain on them so i like the belly band to help them so that they didn't like start cramping or get irritated yeah for sure yeah and also related to summer or any hot climate when you're running during pregnancy i think one of the big key things with pregnancy and training is just not overheating and so I think that's a big thing with running. I remember actually during one of my pregnancies, it was like one of those that like crazy heat wave in Portland. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we have one each year, so who knows which one it was. <laughs> but it was, you know, like over 100 degrees probably. And oh, I just remember like really wishing that I could run and like wanting to go out and run. And I think part of it is that I am like, you know, I've done Kona. I've always thought of myself as someone who can really handle the heat. That is like a point of pride with it, my own training. And so there's that desire of just like, I think I wanted to do it to like prove something. I was like, I really want to go for a run and just be like, yeah, I can run in this weather. Like I'm so tough. And I was like, if I didn't have a baby inside of me, like if it weren't <laughs> dangerous to yeah. my health and the health of someone else, like I totally maybe would have. <laughs> uh, but that is a big like no-no in pregnancy is yeah, like not really being hot. careful with the heat. Yeah. And also related to that is just like hydrating, you know, I mean, of course, always important to stay hydrated, but definitely during pregnant pregnancy, that's a, a important aspect too. So did you do any racing when you were pregnant? Uh, any run races? My first pregnancy, I think I did a couple 5Ks. Um, I think I did like the winter 5K here, early December. So only a few weeks pregnant. And then I did another winter one like in Wisconsin with my family. And beyond that, I... You did Shamrock too. Oh, yeah, you're right. I did do Shamrock. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because Nick and I both did it together. Mm -hmm. And we wore like, you know, one of my race traditions is to wear uh, a vegetable tattoo. And so Nick and I both wear wear the avocado tattoos because the avocado, like, I don't know, it's always seemed sort of like 16 weeks. (laughs) Yeah. For Uh one, we called Ollie Avi. We didn't know his name was going to be Ollie, but we were like, what? what's this baby? And we're like, oh, Avi, little avocado. (laughs) Um, But then also an avocado is almost like a symbol of pregnancy, if you think about it with the core. Yeah. (laughs) Seed in it, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I probably had the one with the pit and Nick had the other one. (laughs) Oh, cute. So yeah, you're right. Because in my first pregnancy, that was like the last run. And it was sort of fun to do because I think Nick and I like actually ran it together, which these days... 
I remember because I ran that race that year too. I think I did a different distance, and I remember seeing you guys and and like waving and yeah. Oh, so fun. fun! Yeah, yeah. That's always a good race here in Portland. I get so many, so many people out. But one fun thing that I did in both my pregnancies is that at our gym there's an indoor triathlon in March, and. Part of that, you know, there's the swim. So, of course, that was slow. There's the bike. And it's, like, set to a specific resistance. So you have to just use really high cadence, which was just, like, I'm not good at. <laughs> um, but then for the run, it's a two-mile run. And so, you know, I went, like, it was at the indoor track, but went and did the run. And my time in my first pregnancy was 13-12. In my second pregnancy, because it was COVID, we didn't have the indoor try that year but we did like a virtual duathlon. And so I did, you know, a bike on Zwift. And then again, I had a, the two mile run and I was determined because these are both in March and both my pregnant, you know, my kids are both born four days apart. So like same distance into pregnancy. And so I went and did that two mile run and I was like, it has to be faster. And it was 1259. <laughs> so Cut it down right. by 13 seconds. So that was, I really enjoyed that, having like a funny little thing where I was, you know, the same distance of a run in both pregnancies and being able to compare yourself. Because that's nice. the thing. You can't really race, but if you're racing against your own pregnancy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. Did Did you do any racing of any type um, in either of your pregnancies? Uh, not in run racing, but that indoor try that you're talking about is coming up in about a month and I think I'm going to do it. So nice. it will be, um, a somewhat okay swim, a probably terrible bike and I'll be walking the run. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, one thing that I've been thinking of, and I actually meant to mention this earlier is as far as it was when you were talking about like your hip shifting and, um, just like, is it going to go back? Is it going to, you know, is this permanent? And with the foot issues that I've been having, in the last year or so, or I'm honestly in the last like six months, but one of the things that stands out to me is Nick got me a pair of shoes for Christmas when Beth was about 10 months old, same shoes that I've been wearing for eight years, just the new model. I've loved these shoes. I've been running in them forever. And I remember wearing them and feeling like the arch hit my foot in a different spot, only on one foot though. And so I remember having to keep like shoving my heel to the back of my shoe so that the arch would hit in the right spot. And so I'm just sitting here thinking, maybe there's just something wrong with these shoes. I don't know. I'll break them in. And they ended up being fine. But then a few months ago, I ended up actually buying the, another one, same one, to just kind of like have a new pair to wear around the house because I'd run in the other ones a ton. And I had the same issue. And this is the oh. same foot that I've been having foot pain in. And I'm also, I've heard a bunch that your feet can change during pregnancy. Oh, yeah. And not necessarily go back. And so I'm wondering if the issues that I'm dealing with in my foot are related to my first pregnancy and having had foot changes, but like I didn't have it with shoes that I had worn through pregnancy because maybe they, they wore in that way, but getting the new pair so I don't really know. I'm like kind of curious to look into it and see. I don't really know <laughs> where to go or like where to get started on that. But 
I unfortunately think I need to change up and find some new shoes after oh, a yeah. very, very long love affair with my, my Sauconies that I've been in. Um, but yeah, that's just like another thing that I, I think could be related and pregnancy related and running related. And so kind of a bummer, but you know, if I have a reason for having this to go on, I'm a little bit less frustrated and, but that's a good realization. And that's a really good point. Cause I've heard of women who need to go up in shoe size. I've heard that too. Pregnancy. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. a really good reminder. Totally. And I didn't even think about it. Like when I got that pair, like over a year ago, you know? Yeah. And so, and it was just like, oh, like one shoe is off, whatever. But yeah, just kind of realizing that and like piecing these things together, like that could be an issue. So something to keep in mind if you have feet problems later, that maybe that's why. Yeah, definitely update us too if you think of good stuff. Hopefully you can find a running store that does like pressure analysis or something. I don't know. Honestly, like I sort of want to try on shoes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because, um, yeah, you know, they're sponsoring Paula Finley now and I listened to her podcast and she was talking about on and like the shoes that she wears and she talked about how previously she wore Nike Pegasus or no, mm-hmm. no, no, maybe she, it wasn't Pegasus, but someone wrote into their podcast about Nike Pegasus and I was like, Ooh, that's what I wear. And so if they're trying on, maybe I can too. Yeah. I, uh. I will say really quick, I thought you said trying on shoes, like just trying on shoes. I'm like, I want to go and try on shoes too. But then I realized you were talking about on the brand. Yeah. Yeah. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking about those too. Um, I'm, I'm just not really sure where I need to start. And the hard thing is figuring out what works. Cause if you try oh, something on at yeah. the store and then you never, it's, you don't know, right. Well, you don't know right away. So it's just kind of tough, but yeah, that's why like you, I've worn the same make and model, right, mm-hmm. for years because yeah. once you find something that works, it's you don't no want to try something to change new. It. Nope. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, the one other thing I wanted to share about pregnancy and running is okay, of course, you start to get the pressure on your bladder from baby. I remember many like track workouts in my first pregnancy of feeling that pressure on the bladder and like it's that feeling of you want to wait to go pee until the last second and then you still feel like you have to pee like five minutes later and it's mm-hmm. so irritating. Yeah. Um, one tip I did hear on a, a talk that I went to about this was to run like a flower. So basically from your house, you can do loops like out and back. And so, you know, you, you could be on different roads in different spots, but maybe s- still be doing a running route where you're coming close to home yeah so that if you need water or you know a bathroom break like that's an option i i will admit like i didn't do that but it's interesting also you know we all (laughs) get a sense of where the bathroom stops are on our running routes you know where your local starbucks is you know where construction zone with an outhouse is yeah some good bushes (laughs) yeah or the park bathroom you know yeah that park bathroom is also good (laughs) yeah totally so that's you know that's one thing and then uh, i think i've talked about before how in my second pregnancy because i had already gone through birth and had that weakened pelvic floor um and dealt with some incontinence after that that first pregnancy then what i was surprised about is that when i got pregnant the second time once i got far enough into the pregnancy uh i would i had some incontinence while running specifically trail running so it was like i was running on trails Mm. you know you're moving around more you're having to like adjust and 
you know, just a little bit of leakage and yeah, it is what it is, but it's annoying. <laughs> That's yeah. what it is. I've been dealing with that more this pregnancy. I oh. didn't deal. I know I like, there's some episode we did like months ago and I was like, I never dealt with that. Now I'm like, I cough too hard. Not yeah. hands. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> I also uh, think baby's positioning is kicking right in the bladder. And yeah. That didn't, that didn't happen before. I honestly, I think this one's head up still. Um, Cause I had an ultrasound. I don't know how many weeks ago. And they were like, yeah, her head's up. I'm like, okay. Great. That explains why I'll just be sitting peacefully and suddenly <laughs> go, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> just like almost peed my pants. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's totally. a lot worse this time around for sure. <laughs> well, if you have any tips on running during pregnancy or other things that we should share, please reach out. You can find us at moms of triathlon on Instagram or moms of triathlon at gmail.com. And stay tuned. Um, we've still got like 10 or so more weeks of swimming to go, but we'll see how far into it we get before we do the swimming episode. And I can give some more uh, real-time updates on that as well. <laughs> yes. And now for our closing segment, our Go Mamas of the Week. Go Mama, Go Mama, Go Mama. <laughs> this can be any small triumph or thing that's making us happy. Amy, what is your positive this week? Well, this week, my positive is another little tidbit from our vacation. So my mom, you know, she was there and she loves hugs. Like this is just <laughs> something I've always known about her. Like she just loves hugs. We, you know, I don't know, like my mom's hugs, I, whatever, they're special. Like I I could, you know, I know exactly <laughs> how it feels, right? Like those hugs. And and so when I when I've had kids, like even with Ollie when he was younger, he would have some hugs where I'm just like, oh, like my mom would love this hug. Oh. Like this is such a nice, like tight, you know, the tight, yeah. extended, like just like that embrace. Like so special. And and the thing that is so hard with kids is like body autonomy and like you cannot force them to give hugs. Yeah. And when it's a set of grandparents who they don't see regularly, who live across the country, like, all you want is for them to use that time and, like, give them hugs. And then when you're saying goodbye or, you know, here we were in one of those hotel rooms where, you know, they had their own room, but, like, they shared a, a door that you could lock or not. And it's like, you know, we're saying goodnight. And, like, I'm just, like, wanting so badly for Margot to give her hugs. But... You know, like you have to sort of get there. Like the kid has to be ready. And so each night we'd say goodnight and Margot, you know, wasn't filling up for giving a hug. And I would even do the thing of like, I would, you know, make sure I gave a hug to my mom first in front of Margot because I've seen her before, like see that and then give someone a hug because she's like, oh, mom gave them a hug. Like it's okay. Or I want to do that too. And so night after night, like, you know, Margot wasn't giving her a hug. And then the last night, like, she, my mom, you know, sort of on the floor is saying goodnight to Margo. And Margo runs up to her and gives her a hug. And then Aww. she backs up. And then she runs up to her and she gives her another oh, hug. And then she backs up. And she did it, like, seven times. Like, seven, like, run and embrace, like, big Aww. hugs. And it was so sweet. And it was just, like, perfect on the last night. And, of course, she didn't give her a hug the next morning when we were actually saying goodbye <laughs> from the trip. But <laughs> it was definitely a very special moment. So that was that was awesome. That's cute. Beth has started doing the running hugs. Like, well, Aww. she gets really, really excited about them. So, like, when she says goodnight, it'll be like, 
she'd be like, running hug? And so I'm like, back up. And, then, and they're just the best because she so just runs cute. full speed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I like – it's crazy <laughs> thinking back when they were really teeny and it's like it's super special when they're like you're holding them and you're cuddling them. But Aww. there's just something so special about them being able to come to you and give you hugs and like – you know, give you kisses or we do nose boops and stuff. And so yeah. it's just like, you know, seeing that that shift in that new thing where they're expressing it. It's just like, oh. Yeah, so special. So. Allie, what's your go mama this week? So my go mama this week is kind of a buildup of like a couple of weeks. Not necessarily last weekend when we were all sick. But one of the things Nick and I've been working on is shifting our weekends around for the last few months. What we've done is like, I will take Sunday as my workout day and I'll go to the gym and be gone for, you know, with the drive time, you're gone for like three or so hours. And then the next day he'd go and do that. But what we started to realize is that we didn't have any days together. It would be a lot of partial days. Well, we're not doing anything. We can't really do anything. Cause by the time I'm home or he's home, it's, already like lunchtime and then nap time and then, you know, getting ready for dinner and stuff like that. So what we started talking about doing was that both of us would do our workouts on the same day and then we would have one full weekend day free. And so if Beth is napping or not napping or whatever, like, (laughs) you know, maybe I'll hop on the bike for 30 minutes or something, but it's not taking away from family time. Yeah. And so it's been really good that we've started to try to establish this family time. And like one of the ways we've been trying to do our Sundays still to just maximize timing is that I will go to the pool and swim with the group that I've been swimming with at like 930. And then Nick will get there as I'm getting out of the water with Beth. And then I'll take her swimming while he goes and works out. And so then we do this handoff at the gym And so instead of having that extra, like, me drive home and then him leave, we end up saving, like, an extra hour or so and Beth gets to go to the pool. Yeah. (laughs) That's so so good. So it's been really fun. And, like, we've been talked about, like, how the last time we took her was, um, like, right before she got sick. And so it was – it's getting tough because she's so squirrely. And, like, my belly's getting a lot bigger. And so – me swimming like a somewhat hard workout and then her <laughs> launching herself off my stomach for 30 minutes and oh then gosh. me wrangling her in the locker room. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's just a lot. And so I think the next time we go, um, he's going to take her swimming and then I'll come for the end of swimming and then I'll nice. do like the locker room stuff and then he'll go work out. So nice. it's just, we've just trying to figure out how to spend more time like he and I and Beth all together on the weekend and stuff. And so, so far it's been really good. That's awesome. That's very cool. That's a good tip. Yeah. That's it for our show this week. Thanks so much for listening. We're excited to continue to share our experiences of training through pregnancy, postpartum and with young kids. New episodes come out every Friday. If you have any topics you want us to cover or any questions for us, please email us at momsoftriathlon at gmail.com. So my mama go... (laughs) My mama go. (laughs) My mama go. That's a good one. My mama go. (laughs)